No. You've gotten yourself into a bit of trouble, Olivia, and I'm here to fix it. No! Now listen to me. You raised your skirt and opened your knees and gave it away to a man with too much power. You're not rare. You're not special. Your story's no different than a thousand other stories in this town. So you know how this goes. You can call this in your sleep. First, they'll smile, be warm, sympathetic, on your side, letting you know they will fight for you. They will lull you in in false sense of security. And then, once your belly is exposed, they will gut you and everyone you know. And they will be swift about it. And by the time you realize you should be fighting back, <laughs> well, you're already bleeding to death. That is the presidency versus you. Whose victory do you think they will fight for? Whose body do you think they will bury? He would never. He would never. You and I both know he is not in charge. He is never in charge. Power is in charge. Power got him elected. I know you, I know more than you can possibly imagine about things of which you cannot dream. He told you that you would be first lady and you believed him. Did I not raise you for better? How many times have I told you, you have to be what? You have to be what? Twice as good. What? Twice as good. Twice as good as them to get half of what they have. Sleeping with that. <laughs> for God's sake, you know to aim higher. At the very least, you could have aimed for chief of staff, secretary of state, first lady. Do you have to be so mediocre? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Papa Pope read the mess out of Olivia and sent her on a plane to go live on some island. I think that was one of few moments where she was actually kind of like, uh, uh, Yeah, uh, she's just like, I, I don't know, know what, what to, say. to say. Okay, because you just I don't got have me together. Comeback. You are my parent. I'm like five years old. <sighs> Whatever. This time, because we know later on, oh, she, she got Daddy Pope Papa together. Pope, yeah, okay? she, she does. Mm -hmm. After he, he had to remind her, you are me. Yeah. She didn't want to believe it. And her. she stepped all the way into it. Until she's bludgeoned that man with that damn chair. Oh, and then didn't she go to Daddy's house yeah, for dinner after did. that? She's like, hey, how are you? Yep. Because <laughs> she, she realized, like, oh, I, I am my daddy. Yeah. So, come she on home. She definitely is. Come on home where it all belongs. Hey, where it everyone. All <laughs> What's up, everyone? How We're, are you? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I was talking to the listeners. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast, where you can raise your skirt, open your knees, and give it away to a man with too much power, but will never <laughs> hang up on you. I'm P. Ryan. You can find me at I am P. Ryan on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at E. Dante Cole. And you can find us both at the Hung Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com slash hunguppod. Feel free to send us an email, your questions, your comments, the advice you need us to give, your hate, even though we'll never feature you, at hunguppod at gmail.com. And also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and comment on us on SoundCloud because at the end of the day, this podcast is cute, but we can't be bad bitches without your help. <laughs> right? We can't talk tonight. You can't talk today. <laughs> Just can't. Um, <laughs> I can't do you need talk me to go either. back? It's don't okay. Do me. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm not well. It's okay. Listen, we record when on Thursday. It's the end of the week. I'm tired. Are you not? Oh my god, I'm I'm exhausted. I literally just got off the tennis court. Oh my goodness. Two yes, hour Serena. Match and I'm I'm pretty beat. 
I didn't get off a tennis court, but I did get out of a chair at the barbershop, and it was just as tiring, right? Okay. Because you're trying to maneuver this hyper-masculine space and also figure out the trade. It's great. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, barbershops are interesting places. They are. Like, I told you about There's this. There's so much so, going on at the same time. It was too much going on. And you know me. Like, I'm in a place in time where I'm just like, or a place in my life where I'm like, all right, fuck what you think. Especially after I've had a long day, I'm not about to, like, butch it up for you. I sashayed into that barbershop and gave it what it what it got. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that was actually a good idea because, you know, you, you always have those guys in a barbershop who try to act like they so straight mm-hmm. that they can't fuck with nobody who would, you know, appear to be gay or somebody gay comes in the barbershop. You got to talk about now in this deep conversation about how much pussy you get mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just a mess. The passive aggressiveness of quote unquote heterosexual men in the barbershop. It's just it's so fucking annoying. Yeah, luckily my barber When nobody was probably aggressive. even checking for your ass. Okay, I surely wasn't. But my barber was aggressive in Most a good of way. These niggas that he be had talking me... shit. Ain't nobody even looking at your ugly ass. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> Are you I just get so tired of straight men. They always think somebody checking for them. Like, don't worry about your stank ass. Listen, I love them. <laughs> Especially, you know, salt is a new black, as we said last week. But I was in the chair. This man, I don't know if he was straight, gay, in between, but he gave me the head massage of my life when he was, like, keeping me at my bald level of existence. Well, first it of all, felt he like was everything. like, come, child. L- he massaged the F out of my head. He welcomed was... you with open arms. He did. He said, and then come when I got up, he was just chair. like, bro, that's a good look. You know, you could be a model. I was just like, you are a fucking yes. mess, sir. But thank you. Thank he you. He had to school the young head <laughs> on so, how to make money and not be petty. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to miss out on your dollars. On your dollars. And I gave him a nice old tip. Called me a model. When he I would have gave him a good tip just on the strength that one of, somebody else was acting like they didn't want to do it. No, me. yeah. So for those who are listening, like when I had walked into the barber shop, um, I guess, I don't know if it's the owner or like the lead barber or whatever, he called for somebody to kind of like take care of me and there was one guy who blatantly like was not checking for me who like kind of turned his back and did not want to serve me but another barber was definitely like okay I'll take you had a great time with him a lovely experience I my head feels great from that massage he gave it I have no complaints and for the other person you don't deserve my coins and therefore you did not get them yes so as we said before feel free to email us at hunguppod at gmail.com and we got a letter this week. That's what's Very up. cute. So let's read it. <laughs> this letter comes from In Love With My Best Friend. So Ooh. this already sounds like my heart can't take it. Because I'm already painting forever with this. So heard your podcast and think it's great. Thank you. What you guys are talking... Oh, think it's great what you guys are talking about. Again, thank you. <laughs> well, here's my story. I'm in love with my best friend. I'm a girl, and he's a guy. So shout out to our girl listeners. I'm really excited about this. Our cishet women. You have a place at the Hung Up Podcast. Absolutely do. Thank you. I've loved him my whole life, known him since we were kids, and we both dated other people. Both of us are single at the moment, and we've grown so much. We've grown so much since we last talked about pursuing a relationship a decade ago. So they talked about pursuing it a decade ago. I'm just registering for myself. And they've grown so much, but I guess they haven't talked about it again. They were 17 at the time. So you're like 27. 
late twenties okay. into the thirties. Okay, we'll go I'm that. registering. I'm registering. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't feel the same way, but I cannot help the feelings. Boo. He he's my ideal man. It doesn't help that we're so close. What should I do? Find in love with my best friend. Girl, come sit by us. First of all, you want to go first? I'm just looking at he doesn't feel the same way. You know, and that's what really broke my heart for this person. Um, So first things first, let's validate her feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So if you spent a lot of time with someone, this is like your best friend, right? Of course, there will be moments where you're just like, oh... I might have feelings for this person. Also, back in the day, y'all talked about pursuing a relationship. Based on your letter, it seems that that conversation didn't really go anywhere. So it's just like, I'm thinking on his side, he's probably not interested in pursuing a relationship. But the fact that, like, you can't help the feelings, that kind of hurt me. Because I'm just like, oh, girl, I feel your pain. But you can't, you can't pursue this. I think, um... I'm trying to just, like, put myself in her shoes because I Mm -hmm. know that I've been in this... Haven't we all? Haven't we all? Yes. So, wow. When when you're friends with someone um, and it's like, is it a secret lover? Like, I'm trying to figure out... (laughs) That's what we are. Yes, come on with this old school. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out... Okay, so it seems like they were always friends. Mm -hmm. Um... She she didn't indicate when she fell in love with him, but no, she did. She said, "I've loved him my whole life. Yeah, they've known each other since they were kids. They both watched each other date other people." Mm-hmm. Um, and can you I, imagine the journey she's been going through, like being in love with this person and watching him date other people? I would be sick as a yeah. dog. I'm I'm surprised you made it a decade after seventeen. Like Whitney said, I'd be worn yeah. out. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it sucks. Um, watching someone else that you have feelings for a date, but I guess we have to acknowledge the fact that you were both dating at the same time. So mm-hmm. at this very moment, you're both single, but I guess she feels as though she can't really pursue anything with him because she sounds very short. She says she I, doesn't I would say feel she the can. same way. No, you cannot. So here's so my thing. Is this, is, is this a wrap? You can't help the feelings, and I completely validate that, but at the same time, you know you're dealing with somebody who does not feel the same way. And if you value this friendship, you can't pursue it because it's going to push him further away until you don't have a friendship. Or do you want to try to pursue? Stick with what you know, sis. There's too much dick out here. And it's not just a dick thing, but it's like there are so many other men out here. He's clearly not the one for you. I would say leave him be. And it's just, I, and, I, and I definitely get where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I think, and you actually said this on our last episode, that you, your ideal person that mm-hmm. you're going to be in a relationship with would be a close friend of yours yeah. first. You want that I would love to build a friendship first and then have that, that move foundation. into a relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, but I think as a friend, you got to know when your friend doesn't want you. And you also got to know when to let that go and just treasure the friendship for what it is. And I think that's growth. So shout out to you. Thank you so much for sending this letter. Um, We appreciate you. And as always, send your problems, your questions, your love, your hate, all of the above to hunguppod at gmail.com. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. I only spelled it out because Eric hates when I spell it out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it. It's cool. Oh, my gosh. So, boo-boo, how was your week? 
my week was kind of like crazy. Mm-hmm. I just heard like, did you hear that? Mm-mm. Okay. Eric hears voices. No, he's like a chime. Oh. Ding. Um, but anyway, oh, maybe. Is it because your headphones aren't plugged all the way in? What are you talking about? I feel like my, I can hear my phone. In your head? Yes. Oh my gosh. This isn't connected. That's like, like it's not in the words of Bodega Boys, Bobby Longting. Bobby Longting. Okay. All right. Back to the regular scheduled program. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this week has been a long week. As, you, as everyone listening has probably picked up, I am not at my usual self. I am a little drained of energy, but um, I'm really excited to have a conversation that we're going to have tonight. Um, this week's topic is going to be pretty awesome. But anyway. Why are you giving them a teaser? Um, I wasn't even going to mention what the topic <laughs> is. I'm just letting people know that even though I'm tired, I am excited to be here. We're going to have a great conversation yes. tonight. And sometimes um, we are tired. Maybe we can, like, I'm not going to lie. Every week can be very tiring. Yes. And I think if you feel your spirits aren't as high as they usually are, let's live gonna, in that space. Yeah, and I'm it's just letting fine. y'all know. Like, listen. Yeah. We just roll with the punches. <laughs> I'm um, here for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I know you are. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, this week was pretty cool. Um, I had a chance to give some some thank yous over the weekend because it was Father's Day. Um, of course, to my my own father, but also to other people who um, are very supportive of me. Um, as you as you know, um, James and Daryl, they're like. My stepdads. Shout out to both of them. I gave them a card for Father's Day. Um, and I wrote something very special in it. Um, I don't know. Do people even take the time to write in cards anymore? I do. You do? Um, so <laughs> I think it was just important to acknowledge them because James was actually here when I got the call that my brother had died. Mm. Like, I was in the house by myself and when I got the news and he walked in and he kind of like heard me screaming and crying, whatever. And he came up and he literally held me while there was snot pouring out of my nose. Mm. And while I was crying, like those are the type of things that you never, ever forget. And I just had to take a moment to acknowledge them for the support, not only with just that, but just all around, just being there for me. Um, so that, that was cool. Um, and that was over the weekend. Um, Tuesday, I went out. So let me tell you how my job has. You went this. out on a school night? No, no, no. My job has like a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And it's like all the different departments play against each other. Oh, cute. So Tuesday, um, Tuesday night um, after work, we went out. I played the first game, um, baseball. It was, it was really fun, very cool. Everyone out there was, <laughs> it was, it was just a great time. Um, it was no pressure, even though folks wanted to win, there was no pressure. It was all fun and games. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, I have not played baseball in years. I used to play um, in high school because I just played a whole bunch of different sports. Baseball, I used to play. Um, let me tell you how I bust my ass. I fell. You did not. Coming from, first of all, I, when I got up to bat, I hit the ball. That was awesome. It went straight up left center field or whatever the fuck you want to call it. No one was trying to touch that shit because it had a lot of power and a lot of speed on it. So, you know, my tennis, that eyeball coordination Look at him trying to hype himself up. (laughs) (laughs) 
So they were kind of impressed, like, oh, shit. And so I, I ran to first base, got there. I was cool. I hit the, the ball far out enough that I was like, all right, I'm going to take this. I'm, I'm going yeah, to second. Let's go to second. Halfway to second base, I fell forward on my face. <laughs> I fell all the way down. And let me tell you something. It's nothing like falling as an adult. It just feels <laughs> so weird. <laughs> because you're just it's, like, I've passed this stage. I'm no right. longer in my club this stage. <laughs> I've taken the training wheels off. What the fuck am I doing? I fell and I bust my ass. It was hilarious. I tried to get back up and run, and I fell again. Oh so what did I decide to do? I literally crawled to second base. No. I got there. Yo, let me just tell you how this was the highlight of the game. Um, everyone, like, I was laughing at myself. Everyone was laughing. It, I wasn't embarrassed at all. I was, it, it was just fun. Um, so that was on Tuesday. Then I left the game. Finally got a couch. Mm. Well, After let's talk game. about that game. That's that cocky spirit. That's why you fell. In the Bible, it says, oh, what? Sh- Pride cometh before what? Go. A fall. <laughs> you fell twice. <laughs> Wait, you why, why are you? <laughs> we always got to just refer back to the Bible because we are two aunties. Listen. We know the word. Okay? The word is the word. It I, is. I can't go against the word. Yeah, so you I'm, forgot I'm it. That's why it. you fell. God had to remind you. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, you were really hype about that hit, but I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. You got me. That once twice. Yeah, to humble my ass. Um, I got a couch finally after the game. Super excited about that. Yes. Um, it took all my money, but I'm cool because it's the couch that I wanted. Um... And that's that's really it. That night I came home and listened to gospel music and, and drank a lot of alcohol yeah. until until it was time to um, to go Start to work. Start the day fresh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so my my week is it's really been just that and just work, and that's why I am beat. Exhausted. Yeah, work has really been draining me, um, but I'm hanging in there. What has been up with you? How was your week? My week has been good, so I am fully into my new job. Even though, like, I I visit my old job here and there because I'm not ending until the end of the month. Right. I'm at my new job, and it's you literally have to get that extra. Look. Okay, because bitches is broke. Okay, so I definitely <laughs> have to get that extra coin. Yeah. Um, and it's literally it's been such a blessing. Um, but this new job, I really rocks with it. It's definitely not my passion at all. It's literally hey, congratulations, a job. By the way, thank you. It's a job that's really helping me while I'm going through the whole school thing and it's keeping me afloat and like allowing me to pay, you know, necessities like my car note and like my cell phone bill and things like that. Yeah. That said, um, I, I'm starting to get to know my coworkers. And at first, I didn't see any black faces on the job, so I, like, had a little anxiety. But the black people started showing up, right? And I had a run-in with this lady that made me fall out this week. So... I'm at my job. I'm doing my work. She comes over and she's just like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, girl, I'm Patrick, da 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 And she tells me her name. And so she's like, you know, if you need any help, just, you know what you need to do. Just ask questions. I'm here for you. And I'm like, thank you. I really appreciate it. Right. So the day ends um, this week, um, one of these days this week, and she goes, so how old are you? And I'm just like, oh, it's about to be some mess. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm 26. And she was just like, ooh, you know, I kind of feel like you're too young, but you're not too young. I want to hook you up with my daughter. So I didn't know oh, what to say. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what to say to this lady. I just looked at her like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, what? And so she's like, but you know, you might be too young. So she leaves, goes to the bathroom, comes back. 
and we started talking some more because I really vibes with her. Like, we had a full kiki. And so she was just like, so what do you do? So, I'm, I, you know, I mentioned that I'm in school. Like, I'm in, a, I'm in a doctoral program. This job is really, you know, to kind of help me along my way, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, well, you know, my daughter got a master's. And she's an evangelist. And I just want her to get out more and to date. But she hasn't really dated much. So I'm sitting here, you know, silence is golden. Okay? So I'm taking it everything that she's saying. And I'm just like, lady... In the words of Patty, if only you knew. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> that I don't have the time. So I was just like, you know, I'm really vibing Sometimes with this lady. I feel like people be saying that shit just to see what reaction they're going to get. Yeah. But she got the right one because I didn't give her nothing. I just sat there with my like therapist face and I was just like, mm, okay. Yeah. Your daughter has master's. She's an evangelist. She's like, she travels everywhere. She has a nice home. The only thing is, she has a son. Um, but she's not with the baby's father, but the baby's father ain't nothing. So I want her to find other men. I'm sitting here like, why is this auntie giving me all of her oh, daughter's business. tea? <laughs> so at the you end, she was just like, you know what? I really feel like you'd be a good match. It's just that you're a little too young. If only you were older. And I was just like, and if only I was straight. And she was just like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, yes. Oh, oh, like, I don't want to lead you on, lady, but I don't think it's going to work out. She's like, okay, well, no judgment, no judgment. But when I tell you... I couldn't even hold in the cackle that I had for her. <laughs> I sat there and I laughed until I cried because I was just like, this lady literally had a whole life set up with me and her daughter and did not know me from a can of paint. And this is how I realized the DL movement could surely happen because if I wanted to be that man, I could have been like, oh yeah, let's go on a date. You know what I mean? And but I think that also speaks to no one's necessarily, there isn't a, a look there isn't a look a type or an act or whatever mm-hmm. or you know a straight man that dresses a certain type of way until you disclose yeah it is what it is yeah. you're open to interpretation but i thought that was so hilarious i think she and i are going to have a good working relationship Especially so i'm really grateful day. yeah um i will also say this past sunday was um father's day last sunday was father's day and i think I don't know, I love those days, like those Father's Days and Mother's Days and National Sibling Days. I have a personal rule where, like, I don't really post my parents. Like, sometimes you'll see me slip and post my sister oh, on I'm social media, but I do not post my parents on social media. My dad don't play that. Yeah, at all. One, because <laughs> my mother does not have social media, my father doesn't, and they're, you know, they're just like older Jamaican people, they don't have time for that stuff. So, <laughs> I never post them, but it was so good to see, like, so many positive, like, father-child black father-child relationships um, on the social media. Some of y'all daddies are so fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I was a different type of Christian, mm. I would ask for your mailing address. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> okay? <laughs> no, but it was... Loretta say, and you watched that movie, Kingdom Come? Don't do me. You know that's one of my favorite movies. Holly! Holly! You in there? Wake up, Holly! Got some holler laid up next to you. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Why aren't you out looking Jesus for a job? <laughs> She's like, oh, but a god. You don't know the hymn. You heard Eric. He didn't know the lyric at all. You don't know the hymn. You got to learn the hymns. We're in the last days. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Of glory divine. And then he hung up. And she called right back. She was like, oh, you ain't going to block me. She called right back. Bud are going to keep long in this heat. My brother Bud would be so upset. And you, Demon C, you're going to show me that note. Act like you don't hit me when I'm talking to you. You're going to show me that note. 
<laughs> Eric, get away from me! <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oh okay, gosh. I just fucked your check in all up. Y'all, we have to watch Kingdom Come Together. I'm so sorry. Um, I have the DVD down there. So. We gotta watch it together. Yeah. Oh, that is my movie. I love that movie. Ooh, Pepsi you think anybody cares about your husband and Bernice Talbot? Right. <laughs> Delightful was a full mess, but you know she. Who did she marry? Tiny, and he was nothing but the, the boy from church. Yeah, yeah. He he was filling her with the hat on. Ooh, oh my gosh! I'm laughing till I'm sweating. <sighs> Sorry, I, it's too much. Your check up, your check in. <laughs> no, but no, but Father's Day was. was <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe I spent fifteen hours in labor with you. <laughs> <laughs> she beat his ass oh. with that Bible. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Mean <laughs> and surly. <laughs> Yo, Kingdom. Okay, you know, we just have to tell Kingdom people. Come is hilarious. If y'all have not seen Kingdom Come, it has LL Cool J, Vivica Fox, Jada Pinkett Smith, Anthony Anderson, Loretta Devine, Whoopi Goldberg, Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton! Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> Tamela Man, singing. Oh yeah, Cedric the right, Entertainer. Right. When he's like, he's "Call preacher. God, right? Don't call me." <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Amazing. Wait, I like how it opens up where they're doing like the devotional. Yes, and it's yes. just the sisters in the back singing real low, <laughs> and he. <laughs> Yo. Kingdom Come was that movie. It was it was a movie for the eight. Like you can watch it with family. It's an amazing movie. Please, if you, you haven't get seen it, it's it. so relatable being yeah. black and growing up in the church Any and around family. church folks. Like, especially you get around it. funerals, you get it. Oh my gosh! Well, bud, I see. Did, you got did you the mission. Will be Goldberg. They got you painted up like a two dollar. Right. With the <laughs> yes, Will be was in there. Yeah. She was like, "I want this on my husband's tombstone." <laughs> <laughs> she folded a piece of paper up and said, "Don't show nobody." <laughs> and then it's like that was such a pivotal moment, and we're talking about Father's Day too. When LL Cool J was just like, Mom, did you love him? Talking about his dad. And she was like, yes, did you? on the porch. And she was like, did you? Oh, And she dang. told him that little door is going to open up one day. Because mm. he was just being so, like, he was over his relationship with his father. He really and was. She, and she understood because he was mean and surly. And right? surly. But she, she definitely understood where he was coming from because he just needed some love from his dad. Yeah. And um, she pretty much let him know and... You know, in ways that we let people know, listen, at some point you will forgive that person for hurting you. Yeah. That door will open up and you'll be able to walk through and you'll be able to move forward with your life. Despite the hurt. I feel like we finished the conversation before we even started. I know. This is essentially. (laughs) Yeah. So we were, we're talking about Kingdom Come. It's a great story about a relationship with a husband, a father, or what have you. This past week was Father's Day. And I'm honestly going to say, while I have my reasons for not posting my parents on social media, seeing all of these positive relationships with dads definitely made me think about my relationship with my dad. And not only assess it, but to think about just like how we started, where how we've gone through this journey called life and where we are now and where we could possibly go in the future. So I yeah. thought it would be just like, I just texted you immediately after seeing these posts and I was just like, do you want to talk about dads this week? And I was like, and we've talked about, yeah. we like <laughs> played around though with the like conversation of dads yeah. and we never really committed to it just because I think also 
in this episode, we're going to talk about just a lot of maybe ups and downs with our dads. And I never want to villainize my dad, and I'm sure you don't either. Right. Because at the end of the day, I don't see my dad as a villain. I don't think you see your dad as a villain. Right. I just want us to be as honest as we feel comfortable. Um, and just know that there's still love there, despite whatever may be shared on this show. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why we've kind of like tiptoed around the subject so long for so long. But yeah, here I we are. We wanted to know. We wanted to approach it in an appropriate way. Yeah. And a res- like just a respectful way. But in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. We, we, we understand that, you know, folks have all different types of relationships with their parents, um, with their fathers in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to make sure that, you know, what we're talking about, we know that a lot of people out here can relate to. Yeah. But we also know that there are a lot of people out here who have great relationships with their fathers. Yeah, and I'm happy for and them. that's what's up. Yeah, that's super dope. And we're, we definitely, you know, tip the hat to you guys. So, um, let's start off with you, Eric. Oh, with me. Yeah, I know. Curveball. Sorry yeah. about it. Sorry yeah. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is Whitney from here on out. Right, and right, right. Y'all better go back and get that skit down pat because okay. we're going to be using that shit And YouTube that Power 99 interview between Wendy Williams and Whitney from our last episode. Trust me, it's a doozy. <laughs> so, um, maybe we can just break this down in sections. So... What was your relationship like with your dad in the past? What is it like now? Yeah. So, my father, um, you know, growing up with my dad, I like to I like to say that dad ruled with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was very militant. He was very protective. I could not be on the phone for two minutes without him getting on and wanting to know what I'm talking about. He knew what I watched. He knew every step that I took. He, every, like my dad just didn't play no games. Um, he was very, like I said, protect, oh, and I think overprotective of me. Mm. Um, to the extent of, um, you know, I didn't necessarily form a tight relationship with all of my family members because my father kept me so sheltered. It was literally like me and my dad growing up. Um, and, you know, he taught me a lot of things. He instilled in me a lot of things. I, I To this day, I remember my father showing me how to pay bills. I remember my father showing me, you know, how to, how to keep a house clean, how to fold your clothes. My father was a mechanic, so I spent a lot of time watching him. <laughs> I didn't get my hands dirty. But I spent a lot of time watching him work. Um, My father, you know, dropped out of high school to tend to his sisters when his father got out of the picture and he had to be, he had to work. Um, And he was a tobacco field boy and, you know, he had to drop out of school to do that. And I watched my dad really work hard from the ground up. I mean, we, and and I'll just put it out there. I started out in a a motel room. Me and my father lived together in a motel um, until he saved up enough money um, to buy our first home. And I remember that day we got our first home. And I, you know, it's just something about seeing that happen Um, from a young age. You just never, you never forget stuff like that. So despite, you know, the things that me and my father went through, one thing I will never take away from my father is that I watched this man literally take us from nothing to something and it taught me a lot um and and you know i appreciate that um 
I like to think of my dad as a man of mystery um, because I feel like the older that he gets and the older that I get, we're starting to have these conversations about who our family is. Where did we come from? I'm asking him questions. Um, where did Where did you come from, Dad? What was your childhood like? You know, what was granddad like? You know, I never got a chance to meet him or grandma. Um, asking him about, you know, what life was like, you know, growing up black in the 60s and in the 70s. Like, you know, these are just things that I did not have these type of conversations with my dad when I was younger. Um, and, I'm, and I'm starting to have those conversations now. Um, I feel that when we started talking about this episode, I immediately started thinking about Kendrick Lamar's song, Fear. Um, and it's really kind of cool because, is it, what's it called? Blavidity? Did I say that? Blavity. Right? Blavity. Mm-hmm. My bad. Um, shout out to the creator of Blavity. She's a Wash U grad. Yeah, shout Go out Bears. to her. Um, I, I follow them on social media. They're really cool. You guys should check them out. They actually posted a um, article um, that discussed Kendrick Lamar's song, Fear. I don't, I'm not sure who did this interview. Um, I'm assuming that they did. Um, I really hope I'm not messing this up. I really hope it's their article <laughs> and not someone okay. else's. We're going to give it But to anyway, them. guys, there's an article out there where Kendrick, um, Kendrick Lamar was interviewed and he pretty much discussed his song, Fear. And, you know, he really, he talked about how the song related to him, um, you know, growing up. So I kind of want to... <coughs> mention that as we, you know, get a little deeper into the conversation. Yeah. Um, did I answer that first, the first question? Yeah, you kind of covered what your relationship was like, what it is then. now. Yeah, and, and now. And, and now, yeah. definitely budding, growing. Um, me and my father are the closest that we've ever been. Ever. Mm. Um, and I'm starting to be comfortable letting him know when he has said or done something that I don't like or that I don't agree with. Yes. My father was very, um, I kept my mouth shut as a kid and I did what I was told. There was no back talk. Um, again, going back to Kendrick's experience, you guys should just gotta listen to the song. Um, he talks about getting beat when you felt like you didn't deserve it. All of that, like it happened. Um, but now that I'm older, I look at him a little differently, and I think we'll, we'll get more into yeah. how we view our, par- our parents now. Absolutely. So, what about you? Um, how was it then, and how is it now? So, I would say in the past, me and my dad were, like, thick as thieves, you know? I think some of my earliest memories um, with my dad were of me, like, we drove in the car everywhere, right? So, I've watched my family go from having one car, one old car, to one new car, to two cars, to however many... Um, cars like I've I've seen the progression as you have, um, but a, a lot of my fondest younger memories are of just me and my dad in the car, um, you know, singing to like B one hundred and one, which is like a FM station in Philly. He was very artistic, um, and so he nurtured like a lot of my artistic passions. Like he was the one who pushed me to sing when I was like super young in like the church choir. Um, I've watched him just be very selfless. Um, 
if anybody, even till this day, asks him to do something, he'll wake up, whether it be like five o'clock in the morning to go help them with something or take them from point A to point B. Or So a lot of the kindness that I try to like have in my life, I think my dad modeled that for me first. Um, what else will I say? I don't, I don't, I, I think he wasn't caught up in the whole masculinity thing. When I look at some fathers who like mm. may tweet nowadays and they're just like, you know, can't do this thing with my son because that'll make him gay. Like my dad really just nurtured every aspect of me and didn't associate my <clears throat> childhood likes with like gayness, right? So he bought me Barbies when I was younger or like when I painted my nails. I remember one conversation we had, he was just like, why do you want to paint your nails? And I was just like, oh, this looks fun. He's like, okay. And just he just let me be and he really, my memory of my dad is just in the past. Yeah, he was my first in a way safe space um he i was always fascinated with him at a young age because i've watched him like really just take a journey so he is a jamaican immigrant um before coming to america though and settling um and i guess when i was younger he watched he was there when i was born but he went to germ excuse me i hope i'm not messing up this timeline but he went to germany to be a topographer a map maker i hope that's the right label i'm giving him um, so I just remember also some early <clears throat> memories of him just, like, speaking German and just being fascinated, like, why does this man know this language? You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. There was just, like, a fascination with my dad that I had when I was young. Um, that said, I think when, and again, this is not to villainize anyone, as I got older, I think I moved from, like, a fascination with my dad to, like, an understanding of his humanity. Um while there were bits of him that I absolutely loved and treasured and, like, I was just like, ooh, this guy's, like, really cool, there were some things that I noticed from a young age that, I don't know, that I have to process even till today, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a young age, my dad was a guy of, like, made but maybe not kept promises, um, so I, I noticed that I had to kind of process just small, small disappointments that happened at first, that as time went by and as I grew into a teenager, kind of moved into kind of like large disappointments. And I think when you talk about um, the relationship between a parent and a child and just the, the bond between a parent and a child, I think there is a presence that a parent has to have. And there is a nurturing that a present a parent has to give to the child to really just keep that bond going. So I remember when I was younger, just being disappointed sometimes with my dad and like saying, making excuses at first and being like, oh, daddy's busy or, you know, this, that and the other, just like making excuses so that like he stays in this positive limelight. But I realized some of my needs as a child are not going to be met by this individual. Um, but then as I get, as I got older, that kind of, the excuses kind of dwindled down. And I was just like, no, as a parent, there are certain things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all came to a head when I was in high school. And I'm going to keep this story very short because I hate reliving this moment. But I was the type of student in high school that was just like, I need to be the best, right? So I remember my senior year of high school, I believe it was, or maybe like end of junior going into senior, I was like sixth in my class. And I was just like, no, no, no. 
I need to graduate in the top three. I need to go to an Ivy League. I need to be pre-med. I need to minor in French and be a socialite on the side. Like, I had my life, like, set up in a way. So I worked hard, and I made that happen. I got accepted to a couple of Ivy League schools. Um, I lived in Maryland at the time, so the University of Maryland was my safety school, even though Maryland's a very amazing institution, huh? College Park Park Campus. Campus. And so I was just like, looking back, I'm like, oh, that was your safety school? Like, you you really thought highly of yourself. (laughs) But, you know, I even got into that. Got to the point of, I'm in the season of getting close to graduation. It's like April, May. Mm -hmm. Um, The Ivy League that I personally wanted to go to was Columbia. I had gotten in. I went to the Columbia Days on campus. You could not tell me that this one was not going to Columbia University and becoming that socialite and living that New York dream and doing all of that. We get to maybe April of my senior year, about to graduate, the recession hits, 2009. I know a lot of people remember this time. Many heads of households were like killing themselves because they could not, um, you know, make the funds that they were living or live up to the lifestyle that they were living. Um, Plenty of people were impacted financially. I will say my family was impacted financially. And my mother, who I absolutely love, um, had a college fund for me. Prepared to send me off to Columbia, prepared to see me flourish. When that recession hit, that college fund turned into nothing, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Had a couple dollars in there, but it was really nothing. Yeah. And so she sat me down and she was just like, listen, I want to send you to this school, but if we're doing what we're doing, I can probably send you for two, maybe two and a half years, and that will be that. I don't know what you're going to do. So I went to my dad. And when I explained the situation to him, um, and again, seeing how he... And my mother kind of took our family from nothing to something. I felt like he would be there to kind of support me. And not to like belabor this situation, but in essence, that was a disappointment for me, right? He communicated to me that he had nothing to contribute to my undergraduate pursuits, whether it be at Columbia, whether it be anywhere. and so for me, that like kind of came as a blow because I was just like, no, 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 no. You'd be surprised how common that is. Right, it is. Where parents, and not just black ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, just from in my, in my field where I work, a lot of parents tell their kids when they graduate from high school. It is what it is. You're done. Right. And it wasn't really like too much of a shock for me because, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to villainize my dad, but. Again, I said there has to be a presence there. He had he never really put that presence forward. You know what I mean? So for him to say that, it was just like, it was a blow, but it wasn't like a surprising blow. Um, during that time, a lot of other things came up and that really tore down our relationship to the point where I was just like, okay, I have to have a conversation with this guy to really let him know how I'm feeling, not just with the college situation, but with other ways that he's behaving that are not sitting well in my spirit. That conversation did not go well. Mm -hmm. Um, To the point where we were literally just like screaming and like really just like coming at each other. And it wasn't me screaming out of anger, but it was me just like trying to get the point across that, sir, I don't think you're seeing your behavior 
and the way you're presenting yourself, and it's not really conducive to having a positive relationship with me. And I remember at the end of our argument... Hmm? They don't want to hear that shit. At, at all. And I think at the end... Not I think, but at the end of our argument, um, I remember him saying verbatim, if you think I'm such a bad father, don't call me father. And for me, mm-hmm. at first I was just like, well, I mean, okay. But when I was like in my quiet space, I think something in our relationship or something in the way that I perceived our relationship completely died. And I think even till this day, I'm trying to bring back that dead piece. Hmm. Let's fast forward. I go through undergrad. I really don't mention him, even though this is a man that I definitely live with, who still lives with, who's still married to my mother who's still fathering myself and my sister, even though when I say fathering, we have our different definitions. Um, I don't really like talk about him to my friends. I don't really talk about him at all. I graduate, he shows up, we shake hands. (laughs) That's where our relationship is when I graduate and maybe take a picture. I move on to grad school. And while I'm in grad school, I get a call and my mom's freaking out, my sister's freaking out. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? My dad is a guy, even though he's in the health field right now, um, he doesn't go to the doctor, right? So I found out that he was sick. He has di- he's diabetic, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess his system was in shock because he wasn't getting, like, his checkups or what have you. And mind you, I'm at 25 at this point. I'm away in St. Louis. Like, now I'm freaking out because my mother's freaking out. My sister's freaking out. I finally get a chance to talk to my dad. And... This was a moment where he was, like, the most vulnerable since that big argument that we had. And he was just like, you know, I'm scared, but I'm okay. And I just want you to know that I love you. And so then I start crying because I'm just like, okay, I love you too. But not only is it us just, like, being vulnerable in this space, this is the first time that we've ever said I love you to each other. Since then, I think we've both tried to work on our relationships and we've both tried to get to a place where it seems where it feels close, where it feels safe, where it feels real. Um, I'm not saying we're all the way 100% perfect, but we try to just deal with each other to a point where we'll have the most positive outcome. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I really do pray that like we get better as time goes by. Um, I want to put down all of my guards and really interact with him with like a completely genuine spirit but I will say that argument that we have back in the day like I I don't know if I'll ever forget it and I don't know if I'll ever be in a place where I feel completely safe with someone who I like held in such high regard when I was young Mm -hmm. so I think that's interesting because I think especially when we're young we do hold our parents in very high regard Mm -hmm. um I would even go as far to say when we are super young, we think of them as like our heroes or a superhero. Yeah. Uh, We think that our parents should have the answer to everything. They should get everything right. Mm -hmm. If they get something wrong, we're like, what the fuck? Like, how do you, how do you get this wrong? You're my parent. But when you get older, you realize they don't have all the answers. Right. And I think that's why um, my dad and I have been able to, rebound at least a little bit right because i see him not only as human and as somebody who is fallible and who will make mistakes but i also 
have taken an effort to understand what his background life is like, right? So mm-hmm. I think of the times where my family traveled back to Jamaica and we interacted with his parents and to see him kind of have like a a relationship where, with his dad where he called him sir. And like, it was very like non-emotive and non like, I don't want to say non-loving, but it was very strict. It was a very strict relationship. I'm just like, okay, I can understand why you were not the warmest individual or why everything for you when dealing with your kids was very cut and dry or why, you know, it took you to have a diabetic shock to be like, oh, I actually love you. And for us to hear those things verbalized. So you came to an understanding. Yeah. We saw each other. Okay. <laughs> and so I don't, we never had this conversation, Eric, but do you want to have kids? I do. Mm, cute. So, I do. Do you, how do you think your relationship with your dad? Oh my God! I think. How do you think it will impact the way that you you interact with your kids? Or, yeah. I have to say that one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, and I think it's going to bring tears to my eyes. It, it probably will, is to see my father hold my child. Mm, I think that absolutely. for me is has been a dream of mine for a very long time. My father. Um, you know, has been through it health-wise. You know, he's fought some battles, and, you know, he's here. You know what I mean? So before my father leaves this good earth, I I think that's one of the things that I, I really want to have happen. I want him to see my grandchild. My, both of my brothers are gone. They did not have children of their own. Mm. So there is, like, a little bit of pressure, I feel like, on me, like, I feel like I have to do, not have to do this, but I just have a little bit more passion inside of me to do it. Um, Because I want my father to have that moment. Um, Because I think as a father, I would want that moment too. Absolutely. Uh, I would love to see my kids that I've raised grow up and have children of their own that I can call my grandson or my granddaughter. Um, I loved how you mentioned you know, as we get older, we our relationships evolve in, you know, different ways. And one of the most important ways that it, it evolves is we start to understand our parents as being the human beings that they are. They're humans you know, like trying to said. figure it out. And they're just trying to figure it out. And they're not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that the argument that you had with your dad, like, years ago, I literally had with my dad, like, two months ago. Mm-hmm. And I totally feel you in that. It's like a milestone in your relationship. It's kind of like um, it's something major that happens that you just don't forget. You just don't get over that yeah. moment. Something happens at that moment. Um, for me, it was me just really finding my voice with my father. Like, for the first time, like, you know, letting my father know that I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Or you're being foolish. Absolutely. Or you're being stupid right now. And that kind of shocked him, yeah. you know, because that was the first time I really, I, you know, came at him. And it was the same thing, you know, as it was for you. It was a lot of screaming, a lot of going back and forth. And we didn't talk for about two weeks. And I felt weird every single day that Child, we did not talk. a few months. <laughs> okay. Um, but we eventually, we, we came back together. Yeah. And um, I'm realizing that I am my father's son. Okay. I and am literally it. my father's that son. That is it. 
I am him. And because you are your father's son, or I am my father's son, I think, just like you, I definitely want to have a child, whether that be through a circuit, through a close friend, through adoption, whatever. I would definitely <laughs> love to have a child. And it's, I, I don't just want to see my father hold that child, but because I know I am my father's son, I know I have the potential to continue this cycle of not necessarily, I call it not being present um, because I don't really have any other words to articulate what my experience has been with him. Um, but I want a child to really break that cycle and to really have someone who knows that the unconditional love I have for them isn't going to come up if I happen to get sick. It's going to be there from day one. And I don't know, I just want to bring somebody into the world and like nurture them to the point where you know, they can go through anything, but they know that they have their dad to kind of fall back on. Yeah. Um, just to touch on another point that you had, like these arguments, I think the beauty in those arguments, I don't, I don't know what I'm even trying to say. It's a breakthrough. It, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a beauty in those arguments, right? Because even though you spill out all of your, your feelings and your guts, I just, I don't know. I, you had said something that really just resonated in my spirit. And it was just, I don't know. Bitch, I don't know what to say. But I just, <laughs> I just know that there is, there's a beauty in that struggle. Yeah. Right? Because it, it shows you that your, your dad is... It's not like only something happens, it's like a milestone. Right, it's not. He's not only a human, mm -hmm. but just like we in our twenties and early thirties are figuring it out, he's at whatever age he is, still figuring it out. Still figuring it out. We're all yeah. on this journey, and the angst that we are showing because we feel like, oh, you've done this, you've done that. They're showing this angst because they're just like, well, I know I'm at this stage and I should have it all figured out, but I don't. Yeah, right? and so, I appreciated him like, mm -hmm. telling me that when when he when he reached back out to me and we had this conversation, he was just like, Eric, if I'm not fussing or saying something crazy, then you know there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I just had to tell myself, like, Eric, don't get so hyped and upset when your dad says something crazy. Yeah. Like, just understand that your father may just be that sometimes. Absolutely. And, you know, we have to we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, these struggles seem like on the surface they may be tearing down the relationship with our dads, but I honestly feel like they help us see our dads in a different light. They help me, like, all the things that I've gone through with my father have really helped me understand who my father is mm -hmm. and has really given me a greater appreciation for him. So, like, I've had other, you know, male figures in my life who we've had very positive relationships. We mentioned Uncle Daryl. We mentioned, we mentioned James. These guys have really, you know, nurtured me from the first day they met me. Will they ever replace my dad? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Because I've really gone through the trenches with this man. You know he what I mean? You. Yeah. He raised you. Absolutely. Which is different. So, like, my experience coming to Philly and meeting different people, and even now meeting meeting different people, it's like they really only know a certain part of you because you weren't with me. You didn't know. Throughout I, it's, life. It's like you, have a, you had a whole other life growing mm -hmm. up, like everyone does, growing up in your childhood and then as an adult. It's like a second life. Absolutely. But, um... Going back on Kendrick Lamar's song, because <laughs> I cannot stop playing that man's album. One thing that I really like 
in, in, in that song was where he really is telling a story from the very beginning. And it's the perspective of a black kid growing up in a black family. Mm. And I think many of us can relate to that growing up in a black home because we were reared differently than others, whether they be in our community or outside of our community, right? And I think that this unique rearing um, was to prepare us for the world that we were entering in, number one. Number two, I think that we were also reliving our parents' experience and their life growing up. And we're being taught what they're being taught. Back to what you were saying as far, mm-hmm. you know, or what we were saying as far as like, our parents are literally just people, they're human beings. I think that their experience is passed down from generation Absolutely. to generation. And growing up, we're reliving that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that our parents protect their image. And it's not until we get older do those walls and those silos start to break down. Yeah, and dare I say that they break down because although they're projecting their lived experience on us, we can't change what they've gone through. We can't change their experience. We can't even change the things we've gone through with them. But what we can change is how we create the narrative later on down the road. And that is what I was trying to say when I completely forgot what I was trying to say. It all together, eventually. (laughs) Although we've had the beauty in the fights with our parents is that we can't change all of the words that have been exchanged. We can't change the the conflicts that we've had. We can't change the things we've learned about our parents throughout the ages. Yet what we can change is how we internalize those events and how we make them impact not only the next generation, but the people we interact with today. We can only change the things around us, our lives, you know what I mean? Based on those experiences. So we can either choose to take those experiences and say, because these things have happened to me, I'm going to be the shittiest person ever. Or because these things happened to me, I'm not only going to make my life better, but I'm going to make someone else's life better and I'm also going to make my parents' lives better. Yeah. And that's, the the second option is what I've chosen. I I totally feel you um, because one of the things that I really looking for, I'm looking forward to is to be able to financially support and take care of my father. That's all I want to do. So that way he doesn't have to worry about a damn thing. Mm -hmm. I don't really care what we went through. I don't really care about the arguments. I really don't. At the end of the day, I love my father. Yeah. And I would want to give him the best that I could give him because at the end of the day, my father was not brought up to have a job and have a 401k. Mm -hmm. He, like, what? Like, nah, we're going out in these tobacco fields to get this money to live today and then we need to to get dinner tonight and live tomorrow. Mm -hmm. My father would tell me stories about how they would, you know, get water from a well in the morning and they go set that shit out in the field so the sun can warm it up. And that's how his brothers and sisters used to take baths. Like, I get the struggle that my Mm -hmm. father went through growing up. And again, you know, fast forward to what I witnessed growing up. Like I said, we started in a motel. Mm -hmm. You know, our refrigerator was a fucking cooler that sat at the end of our bed. Like, I remember us coming from nothing and moving up. And I think that my father deserves, in the time that he has left, he deserves to be happy. Yeah, and I rock with you. And it's okay. I definitely rock with you in that same vein. Like, don't let the fucking Louboutins or whatever fool you. Right. I go to a certain university. You know what university I go to. I'm not going to put it on the air. Yeah. But right down the street, you know it's the complete projects, right? When my family moved from New York, that is where we lived. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm definitely here with you. And I and definitely. it has 
taking my family to the next level or like providing for my family has always been the motivation. That is why I'm still in school now, oh, right. trying to make this doctor hustle happen. Like. Right. That's what's up. They are my motivation. You know what I mean? And no matter what we go through, no matter what I've gone through with my dad, as you just mirroring what you said, that love is very much still there. And I don't know. I'm only here to make sure that they're okay in their old age. But my question for you. Yeah. Again, very black, very gay. Welcome to the Hung Up Podcast. (laughs) I heard a Yamla Van Zant after she said gutter snipe, <laughs> she went and said that we date our parents. Mm. Right? And I don't necessarily think I date my mom. I, I, I really don't. I think I am my mom when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. I think I'm my mom when it comes to everything. The only thing I take from my dad is this head shape and this dark skin, right? <laughs> and this musical ability. Do you do you think you date your dad or do you think you interact on like a, a social level with your dad and how do you deal with that? It's just crazy because no one's ever asked me that. Child, I'm like, asking you that today because <laughs> we go get into me, it. I'm really sitting here thinking back to, you know, some guys that I've dated and yes, I do feel like I've dated my dad. Mm-hmm. I've dated my dad and the reason why I say that is because in some of my relationships I have felt neglected in ways that I felt that my father neglected me growing up. Wow. So like, and I think that we do do that. I think that we kind of run to what we're comfortable with, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. We run to what we know and what we're comfortable with. Um, whether it makes us feel good or not. Um, so yeah, I, I do. Mm. I do. That's real. I don't know. When I thought now that you're about like that, bringing that to no, I was thinking about this <laughs> for like, like literally a couple that. weeks now, and I'm just like, I want to say, okay, clearly the answer is yes, I'm dating my dad, but not in the way that you think. I think I date my dad in the sense that I date his positives a lot. Mm. So a lot of the guys that I interact with, my dad is super charming. I love charming niggas, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. Again, from the beginning of this conversation, I, I said my dad is my, was my first safe space. You know, my mom too, but, you know, as far as just, like, going out and not being afraid to walk through Toys R Us and know that I'm about to pick out this Teresa doll, like, my dad was really my first safe space. I don't mess around with niggas unless I feel completely safe, right? Yeah. I need somebody who makes me laugh. I need somebody who's willing to talk about nothing. Like, these are things, when I think back into my childhood, these are all things that I shared with my dad. Now, when it comes to the fucked up shit, I I don't know where I get that from. I don't know who I'm dating there, okay? But I can say that when it comes to a lot of the good qualities, there are a lot of qualities that I honestly say my dad holds. Selflessness, kindness. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree with you. Um, My father is a comedian. Mm -hmm. He's a hard worker. Um, a man who loves to eat. Trades. He loves to eat. He loves to cook. <laughs> my father um, has swag. When he was young, he was super. My father's still very handsome. Mm-hmm. My God. I mean, when my father was young, he was very, very, very handsome. Um, so I have to agree with you. Yeah. When it comes to the positives, and, and, and I wonder how much that has to do with, um, because you, know, you, you don't hear this about, you don't hear this a lot when it comes to men and their fathers, but you hear this a lot when it comes to women and their fathers and that women 
are often in search of that connection that they either had with their father or they didn't have. Mm. And I think that um, sex has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because I think as we're having this conversation right now, we are proving that men also have that connection with their with fathers. With their dads, absolutely. And that we date people who, you know, good, better, and different remind us of our parents. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, last last question, okay? I feel like this was definitely a beautiful, a beautiful conversation it as was. it is, and it I'm, was. like, smiling. That's why I can't get my words <laughs> out. So if you could kind of wrap up a major theme or a major lesson that you learned from your dad, what would it be? My father reminded me so much growing up that I can do anything I can put my mind to. He always reminded me that what I can obtain and hear in my head and in my brain, my knowledge, my intellect, my experience, that that is the one thing that no one can ever take away from me. My father reminded me of that growing up all the time. Um, do I wish that dad was a little more encouraging when it came to things like... To... to that Baltimore popping up. <laughs> that was real Baltimore. It was. It was. Um, when it comes to, like, tennis and, and the choir, um, Student Government Association... Um, it was so many things that soccer, <laughs> it was so many things that I'm just like having these flashbacks as a young kid that I just wish that dad was there a little bit more. Absolutely, yeah. But I also understand that my father was a provider um, and I never needed or wanted for anything. I didn't get a lot of hugs, a lot of kisses, I love yous, but I got the things that I quote unquote needed. But I think... I, rec- I also recognize the fact that, you know, there were some things that I wish I did get from my dad. And now I'm just trying to, like, process that. Um, I'm trying to, you know, for, for a while I was angry with my father. Mm-hmm. Especially when it came to tennis. Um, just full disclosure, you know. It's something that I talk about a lot on this show, but I really don't know if people really grasp. Like, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. Like, me working a nine-to-five right now, that is not what I wanted to do with my Child life. Said. I wanted to be traveling the world, and I wanted to play tennis. And the fact that I'm not doing that, I had to come to just an understanding that I'm somewhere else in my life, and I'm moving in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for me? What is this journey going to look like? It's not necessarily where I wanted it to go. And I was angry with my dad for a really long time because I blamed him for that. Mm-hmm. I blamed him for that, you know. Um, I remember doing modeling. I remember, you know doing, you know, going to different modeling agencies and shooting commercials, wanting to be an actor, (laughs) and they loved me, but my dad was old school, he said, we ain't got time for that acting. What is it? My father was like, what? He was just like... Singing does not pay the bills. The choir (laughs) And the competition are out. (laughs) That was my dad, and shout out to Sister Act, because I was watching the other night, he He was. My father did not play, like... My dad just didn't play those type of games. So now that I'm older, I have to come into that. I have to come into my self-expression. I have to find my voice at a, at a, a later age yes. than what a lot of people did. And, you know, for a while I was upset with that because I felt like, damn, you know, damn, I'm, I'm a little bit behind everybody else. But now where I'm at now is that that's okay. Yeah. And I forgive, I forgive my father for the things that I feel that 
that maybe he just didn't do. Yeah. Or and I that mean, I'm hurt over. You, you know, I, I just have to find forgiveness. Right. And just love him. And you forgive. That's all that matters at this point, right? Absolutely. And you forgive not just for him, but for yourself, for right? Yeah. Because it really will make you a better person. Um, just to just share what I've learned, I think my dad taught me that everybody's human. And everybody truly has a story. And mm. I think so often we get caught up in internalizing our own story and yeah. saying, you did this to me. Yep. You are this. You are that. You are the next thing. Without really considering what that person has gone through to make them act, think, behave in the way that they are. And I think in dealing with my dad for these past 26 years, I can honestly say that when I deal with people who have done me wrong, people who have done me right, people who have done me in between, yes, I can have an automatic thought of, you are this way, but then I take a step back and I'm just like, what have you experienced to cause you to be this way or to cause us to, us to have this interaction? So I really do appreciate my dad for just really laying the foundation. I think he gave more to me than even the stuff that I said that I needed in the past, that presence or whatever, unknowingly, he gave me the ability to see people truly as humans and to see them as having individual journeys. And, you know, for that and other things, absolutely love the man. And I think that as we get older, we recognize the gifts mm -hmm. that our parents gave us. Yeah. We don't necessarily see it all when we're young. But they'll be revealed as time goes oh, by. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Eric, I love this. I'm freaking out. I love it. All right, so we want to thank you guys so much for just listening to um, this this episode. Yeah. Um, we definitely tried to be, or not tried to be, but we were a little more vulnerable this episode, and we didn't necessarily mean to bring you down if we did, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, send your comments, your feedback, whatever, to this episode at uh, to hunguppod at gmail.com. Now, Eric and I wanted to just introduce a new segment. Uh, as we all know, Eric is kind of like our music mogul <laughs> here at the oh, Hung Up shit. Podcast. Oh. He has a Spotify. He has a SoundCloud. He has everything fucking under the sun. Um, and just, so just we just want to give him a chance to each and every episode. No, you don't just have a Spotify. Don't you have a SoundCloud account? Yeah, but I don't have Okay, so you lied. I told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to give each week just uh, Eric a chance to uh, just talk about music. And uh, you heard me just out here acting a fool, not even knowing my words. I said each episode, each week. I don't even know what I'm saying. But see, that's what I said in the beginning. Eric, just talk about the music. Like, what mm. you trying to talk about? Um, <laughs> so a few episodes a few episodes ago, I brought up the playlist that I have on Spotify, and I want you guys to check it out. It's called I Dante, um, I D A N T E. Check it out. Um, recent ads this week. Um, why did I put door? If you don't wild put, thoughts wild, with okay. Riri, I was Riri. about to say if Eric didn't put wild thoughts, you should never listen to his pod, his um, Spotify ever. I was just like, so yeah, one of yeah that was definitely a recent ad, yes. um, and that has of course Riri, DJ yes. Khaled, and Bryson Tiller. Um, two chains. He dropped um, a new album not too long ago, as you all know. Did you see him with the bitmoji of him and a girl in a Gucci flip flop? No. I'm very intrigued by whatever he has to offer. You sent me like everything. You didn't send that to me. <laughs> I will. Um, Swingin'. 
by Two Chains, um, Sacrifices um, by Drake. What is it called? Swingin'? Swingin'. Like dick swingin'? I think it's called Door Swingin'. Oh, and that's why goodness. I put Door up there in, in front of Wild. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. It's called Door Swingin'. Two Chains, Sacrifices, Drake, Running Back, Wale, Wasted, Dreezy. Um, those are just some recent ads to the iDante playlist. So you guys check it out. It's more like a, uh, like a party turn up type of playlist. So if you, you know, in the car, you want to do a workout, if you run in, if you have a party and you at home, or if you at home by yourself and you want to party by yourself, um, it's definitely a turn up playlist. You can find the link to the playlist on my Instagram account. I am still trying to figure out this whole Twitter stuff. I don't know how to put the link on my Twitter. I'll get there. Yeah. Or maybe I can like post it and then pin it. I like this whole where you can pin a tweet. You sound like somebody's uncle. <laughs> and I'm just gonna let you know today. I'm learning, y'all. I'm learning. Um, yes. Have you listened to the new SZA? So let me just say this. You know, okay, go ahead. SZA, SZA, SZA. And you know, you you're the one who really was just like Eric. You need to get into her. And I was just like, Absolutely. okay. Because so, I have this thing where, like, when I'm at church, I will take notes on the sermon, and I'm not equating SZA to a sermon at all for all of my Holy Ghost rollers out there. But I will say, some of the quotes that SZA had on her um, album, I definitely put in my notes so I could just read it and get my life together. Well, wh which songs are you into? Because, like, I, I'm still, like, getting into the album. Um, the Weeknd is a track that I cannot stop playing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is, like, ode to everyone out here single. Um, the guy that I played tennis with today... Is he fine? He was so cute. Oh, okay. And here I am. I'm over here, you know, talking about I'm flirting. You know, I'm trying to. Talking about you flirting. You know, I'm not going to mess. I'm not going to know gonna, this no. guy a little what bit. What I'm better, not going right? to do is travel down this flirting road with you because what the, the listeners don't know is that Mr. Eric was mad at me earlier this week because I didn't appreciate his flirting earlier. I'm, I'm not going to do this with you today. Who's flirting? Do you not remember the, the chicken place that we go to very often? Chicken and margaritas? <laughs> where you tried to flirt and I was just like Eric this young man is working so you can be flirting that threw our chicken wings See? away and just like the man was working at the chicken spot <laughs> this man was working at the tennis spot he was at the tennis spot and let me tell you how he just shattered all my dreams See? See we talking Eric has and a tendency to flirt with people like, who be working like I think we're cool I think that we're having a good conversation and getting to know each girlfriend. other and then he I said my it. girlfriend yes, just moved I in with it. me you know after he showed me a picture of the cutest little toy dog that he had. No. For me, that was the cherry Eric, on top. Can like, I tell right, you? I got a chance with him. He got this little toy dog. And then he was like, yeah, my girlfriend just moved in with me. And I'm like, see, this is why SZA out here got to write songs like The Weeknd. Because this is some real shit. Listen. We, this is essentially what we have straight to settle with. Going the for the weekend. kill. Every time a straight... You know a straight man <sighs> is going for the kill when he says my girlfriend. Because not only does he sense that you're about to make a move on him... He sensed that he did something that makes you feel comfortable enough to make a move on him. So then he yes. backs up and he's just like, oh, no, me and my girlfriend did X, Y, Z. Or, yeah, my girlfriend really likes that color. Or, what? I, mean, I, don't know I feel bad Everything for you. Everything was going so well. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I know. It's sad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I'm here. I know. I know. It's sad. All right, my bad. I don't want to get to I'm Actually, I'm done. Um, SZA has been cool. So the, the songs. Yeah, The Weeknd um, is great. 20-something. album is great. Pretty Little Birds, The Weeknd. Those are the songs Supermodel. that I'm really like stuck on. Supermodel, like I said, I'm oh, still listening to the album. <laughs> um, 
This group. Who? How you say that? Lorde. Lorde. Wait, Lord? Lorde. 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 Yes. Lord. Lord, my nigga. Jesus, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is Lord, but he don't put his <laughs> E on the end, so don't mix it up. It's okay? a white girl from Australia. Because the Bible says what? Anything you add will be added to you in the lake of fire. I don't have time to be added. You know who this is. Like, she's a white girl from Australia. Um, she's had a few albums out before. Um, Lord A, Lord. Wait, Lord's from Australia? Y'all, y'all know who I'm talking about, this Wait, white girl. Wait, Australia is Lord from? That's what... <laughs> Eric looks so disappointed. <laughs> anyway, she dropped a new album. Um, Eric, I got a couple songs on there um, that I really like. Homemade Dynamite is really cool. Um, Bitch, Lord is from New Zealand. Oh, same thing, child. No, it's not. That's <laughs> same thing. Look, an island where the white. I don't understand why she be twitching like that. It's demonic. Her 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 new album is pretty cool. She's like twenty years old. She's twenty one. She on the Grammys, my friends in the islands crack the code. Is that her? Yeah, and we'll never be wrong. How you pronounce her name? You singing the song? Lord. How do you pronounce? It? All right, y'all. Lord, and check out Big Boy. He dropped a new album called Boomiverse, um, and it's actually. Okay, it's decent. It's some, it's some cool tracks on there. But we all are still waiting for his um, reunion with Andre 3000. And I had to look Big Boy up. You know, Big Boy is somebody I would cuddle with and smoke with. Oh, yeah. If I smoked. Big Boy. <laughs> nah, Big Boy is cool. Um, and like I said, his album is pretty cool. You guys should check it out. Um, I, I feel like it's definitely giving you like a, a retro feel to it where he's taking you back, giving you some of that good old rap that, you know, we're, we're used to hearing from him. Um, but he's also doing a little new school too, um, so yeah, check it out, guys. Yes. And that's what now, I have for in music this week. I will say it's not that's all that's in music this week because you're the one who blew me up and told me to go do my homework on something very special coming up this week, right? Sunday night. What is it? BET the 2017 BET Awards, and can we just shout out Leslie Jones who's hosting? Oh uh, yes, the gorgeous young lady. Her? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Now. You said that I would be excited um, about these nominations, and I was just like, okay, Eric, whatever. Like, you just want to talk about the BET Awards. And that's how I really felt at first. But then when I opened these tabs up, I was just like, oh, Eric knows me. Because I freaked out, especially not even with, like, some of the music stuff, but can we, before we even go to the music, touch on Best Actress? Look at what BET, BET is out here trying to get us all stressed out. For Best Actress. Did say when it's coming on June 25th at 8 p.m.? Um, so the same day that we post this, um, the BET Awards will be coming on that night. Absolutely. So, so definitely listen to this first. First, then, yes. <laughs> um, tag us in your tweets, and we'll make sure to have this episode out early. But Best Actress, they have Gabrielle Union, Issa Rae, Janelle Monae, Taraji P. Henson, Viola Davis. So y'all giving out five separate awards? Because how are we going to pick? How? Yeah, because they're all so. I mean, come on, Issa Rae, Jonelle Monet. Yeah, um, Taraji, Viola. First of all, Viola and these wigs. Nah, so, how we gonna pick? Where, where, where's our other girl? Who's our other girl? Not Lupita. No, because she was last year. Uh-oh. Even though she's still talented, but like she hasn't produced anything. I don't think since last year. Okay, okay. I'm thinking of the movie. Um, Hidden Figures. Oh, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer, who's 
<sighs> she is just blowing up. I don't know. I feel and like what they tried the to do is take the quote unquote lead from each show and put it out there. Um, I think the lead for Janelle Monae is the fact that she's still a pioneer of Wanda- Wonderland Records and like she's still kind of like the forefront of her genre. So that's why they put her in. But I don't understand. Then best collaboration. Like my question to BET, and I feel like I'm going to tag them on Twitter. How are we supposed to choose this? Or how are you supposed to choose? Yeah. Best collaboration. Beyonce featuring Kendrick Lamar. Done. Chance the Rapper and Lil Wayne. No problem. Done. DJ Khaled and Beyonce and Jay Z shining. Done. Um, Migos and Lil Uzi Vert, bad and bougie. How? See, that's Girl, where how? I kind of. But you know what? That's where I kind of like drop off. Um, and you know how I feel about Migos, despite yeah. how they be acting up mm-hmm. in these streets. I, <laughs> God, I just can't stop. No, they definitely act up. But I'm just like, Migos, bad and bougie was definitely a song, and I got to give the devil his due. But I'm just like, how are we supposed to? The one uh, best group. Okay, this one seems like it might be a little... I think it's going to go to Miko's. They have 2 Chains and Lil Wayne. I don't think that's going to happen. A Tribe Called Quest. Definitely appreciate them, but they didn't get enough play. I doubt that's going to happen. Ray Ray Shremmerd? Shremmerd? Ray Shremmerd. Shremmerd? What did they put out recently? I don't think they put out anything. They have Fat Joe and Remy Ma, and I think they could take it, but because Miko's is so... Well, first of all, the guy from Ray Shermer, the one guy, is in that song. By himself. With French Montana. So I feel like that's singing. a conflict of interest. <laughs> so they're not going to get it. Which is Fat Joe and Remy Ma, awesome. I think maybe because of the Nikki beef, they might get it. But I really think it might go to Migos. I'm here for Fat Joe and Remy Ma, though. Especially, like, Remy. Like, she came straight up out Rem- of the jail cell. So. You know, we might have to have an episode on the comeback. She made a whole comeback, and, oh, I, and I'm here for her. Absolutely. Um, another category that I was just really impressed, mm-hmm. very impressed, was Best Male Hip Hop Artist category. I mean, look at what we have here. We have Big Sean, who dropped an amazing album. We love the album. I feel like he is straight up hip hop. Mm-hmm. I really like his lyrics. Chance the Rapper is such a huge advocate for the community, mm-hmm. and we need more young black men out there like him who yeah. are speaking up and putting the spotlight on places where they need to go. Drake, I'm, I mean, as much as I love Drake, I do. I really love Drake. I love him. We can, no. I He's been acknowledged enough. His face. Future, no. J. Cole, yes. He is still has not, I feel like, has not been acknowledged for his hard work, yeah. right? And Kendrick Lamar dropped that amazing, amazing album. album. But you know who I think it's going to go to? Who do you think it's going to go to? Chance the Rapper. Because, you know, if God is for us, who can truly be against us? And let me tell you something about Kendrick Lamar. When I tell you about a morning worship, yeah, I just go out on my little run. And when him and Cousin Nicole hit that How Great Is Our God, <laughs> my run slows down a little bit and my hands start to raise. I hear you. Kendrick, uh, not Kendrick. This young man, I'm like a grandma. Who, who's, who's that <laughs> baby's name? Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yes, yes. Amazing. And I, I really hope he gets and what's all the awards. He has a baby brother who's... Getting into music, right? His baby brother is not only bisexual, but hella fine. And this is why I have to get up in the music game. Because we're going to get married. And I'm going to be in the Chance the Rapper family. I'm going to be Chance the Patrick. You are so crazy. Or Chance the P. Ryan. How Take whichever you? one you like. <laughs> Wait, don't get to that one yet. Because that was the one where my, Nigga, my stress levels raised. all the way around. We Let's did not go, go in anybody's choice. type of order. Fake Love, Drake, Black Beetle. Black Beetle's in the city. 24K mar- uh, Magic. Oh my gosh, words. <laughs> Bruno Mars, Bad and Bougie, Sorry Beyonce, Starboy by the weekend. You already know I picked Beyonce and I voted. I'm going to vote again tonight. Yeah, I already for voted Be- for Beyonce. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I already put in my vote for the queen bee. Absolutely. Now let's get to the one that actually matters, and let let's show the people why I was stressed out. This Best female R and B pop artist, Beyonce, in this gold headpiece. In the words of one of my profites, casting down, casting down golden crowns. Yes, <laughs> love him. When she leans back in that damn chair, I almost fell out. I was like, "Girl, you know you shouldn't be doing this when you got two kids on the way." I was How dare very you? Very nervous, and like Beyonce makes me feel like I'm her sibling. <laughs> I wanted to call her. We'd be up. so concerned. Yeah, like you should have saw me in my living room. From I was thousands like, thousands of miles away. <laughs> From thousands of miles away, we are concerned. No, but for the best female R and B pop artist, you got Beyonce, you got Kalani. I'm not gonna lie, I don't know one. I didn't know if Kalani sang "Mary Had a Little Lamb." I don't know what she sings. I'm actually in. Some folks may be like, "What?" I'm kind of surprised that she's in this category. Absolutely, because um, I don't know who she is. I really and you know what, Kalani is very talented. I have heard her oh, album and some of her music. She okay. is very talented. She puts on a great show. But look at what else we have. Mary J. Blige, who, as much as I love B, if I had to say Listen, the award B would go to anyone lemonade, else, it would go to Mary. Mother Mary gave us strength of a woman. And I don't know if y'all listen to me, but when she sang on Set Me Free, I knew she came for somebody's edges. Like, she came for all the awards. <laughs> she was just like, this album right here, I expect every award from top to bottom, every one you have on the shelf. And I think she deserves it. She deserves it. The woman's it. been through a lot. She's and first of all, we need and to give her pay these this awards fucker. because do the awards Alimony. come with money? Right. Because she <laughs> has to pay Kendu J. Blige some of these coins. He's an she asshole. She said, "There's a special place in hell for you. You gonna pay yep. for what you did to me? Yep. I'm gonna tell it all because the truth will set me free." Ooh. Yeah, I was really then she, feeling that. Album. She brought Khaled's ass on, talking about glow some, I'm a glow up. Throw it in your face, like yeah. You plus like, me. <laughs> Huh? You Plus Me is one of my favorite tracks off you of You Plus album. Me was a what? A love less... Let me tell you something about Mary J. Yes! She you can't minister. I mean, you know what? I think it was... It, it really reminded me of... Um, whew, I'm sleepy, y'all. That was the 411. What came out? No More Drama. A Family Affair. Mm-mm. Okay. I don't know then. Okay. Um... <laughs> Forgive me, y'all. Because um, that one was another good one. When but she, she was just like, you two? Basically, like, Mary dropped another headbanger. I mean, we've been waiting for this for a long time. It really blessed me. And it, I think it really blessed a lot of mm-hmm. people. And I think that, especially watching that documentary of her making the album. And you know, I didn't even watch you it. You saw what she went through she to make the album. Yeah, she was crying in the studio. She had a lot of people around her that were just there for encouragement. Even though she was going through hell, she was still able to encourage other people through, you know, her hurt and her pain. And she yeah. was able to put that into a song. So let's get into the hung pop. Hung pop. <laughs> Hill Harper opens up about adopting a son at 50 years old and life as a single dad. When I tell you my eyes teared up. Goals. Absolute goals. Hill Harper, I absolutely loved the book that he wrote back in the day. Um, I'm not going to butcher the title, but I definitely read it where he like had different celebrities come in and like give different life lessons. It was absolutely amazing. And the fact that he... The fact that he married a... I'm not married. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with me? The fact that he adopted a son, um, he really just, like, showed me that it's possible because that's, like, one of my goals, to definitely have a child. 
um, when I get older. And so shout out to him. And the way he just interacted with his child, I was just like, oh, I'm crying. I love you. Um, but let's move on. In the same vein, somebody else is a daddy. Again. Can I comment on the story? Um, oh, oh, you know, Eric has been a little angsty this whole episode. He just wants to read are the pop upset? and keep it moving. Are you, um, are you, are you upset, Eric? I would never What's be. What's going on? No, are, you, are, are you mad? Um, are you mad? So this is what I are wanted to say about this story. So I really like how the end of the article says, kudos to Hill for living life on his own terms and yeah. choosing to be a father to an adorable little boy. I think that this is important, um, especially for young gay black men to see that it's okay. Like, we can have children on our own. We don't have to come up with, like, this grand, like, scheme of trying to have a family. And speaking of which, two close, two very close friends just adopted two little boys who were five and six. So this story, seeing this story, was just another, another reminder that, Eric, you don't have to be in a relationship and be married to have a child. Are. Are we not adopting? Are you fucking trying to blame me out here? I was trying to have What the fuck is wrong with you, Eric? I thought we were down. I was trying to have my own kids. (laughs) I mean, I might have thought, but... I'm just joking. I want to see my my baby. I want to see what a kid that I make would look like. (laughs) It'd be so cute. (laughs) I think it'd be great. Oh, boy. I don't know if I'm ready for that. No, I would be so ready for that. My child would ask you all the questions and have you just be like, <laughs> like, go ask your daddy. <laughs> okay. my, my son, he asks all the questions, too. Every question is, but why? But, but why? why? Yeah, like, but why? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, speaking of daddies, <laughs> Jay-Z is a third-time daddy because he just had two twins with Mother B. And we just got to put them on their prayer list because apparently the twins were born premature and are said to be under the light. And I guess under the light means, let me not uh, report wrong, but under the light means um, when you have jaundice because you have elevated bilirubin levels. Um, the lights are designed, when you're under the lights, they're designed to kind of lower those levels in the blood and, el- and eliminate the jaundice. So the babies that were born with a little jaundice is a very slight, um, a slight consequence of the pregnancy with twins. Um, but we're definitely praying for Beyonce and we're praying for Jay-Z. Don't... They're so secretive. Yeah, but this I wonder is why. how do they how did how did TMZ or B Sky get this? There's story? always a mole in the inside. Okay. But this is why I always say Beyonce makes me feel like I'm her fucking sibling. Because when I saw this headline, yeah. I clicked so fucking fast. You couldn't even tell me that I was at work. You were like, "Wait, what happened to like, those what babies?" So we're definitely praying for Beyonce. And I just want to make mention, small mention of Matthew Knowles. This was a dad episode. Matthew Knowles was just trying to be a nice dad and said the babies are here and Twitter dragged him for every inch of his edges. Okay? And I was just like, damn, Matthew can't win. Now let's move on to the meat and gravy. I know we say everything always starts and ends with Housewives, but today we're not going to end with Housewives. We're going to end with Love and Hip Hop. And Milan Christopher, if you guys remember him, he was the young man who was the first gay reality TV show. Well, I can't say Mm. first gay reality TV show star because that was actually Ray Cunningham from College Hill, VSU. Um, But he was the first gay character or TV star, reality TV star on Love and Hip Hop. And he dated Miles, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. that was a big mess. He did a photo shoot with Paper Magazine with a full frontal nudity. And Eric and I talked about this. His dick looks so beautiful. I'm not going to lie. 
Okay, his body looks beautiful. He He's definitely delicious. My initial reaction, though, Eric, Eric, get your eyes off of this fucking screen and look at me. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how much I like. Go ahead, I'm listening. His penis, it looks tasty. Like, I wouldn't mind it in my mouth. That said, um, my initial reaction was he's just doing this for attention. I felt that on Love and Hip Hop, everything he did, outing his boyfriend, which I find to be kind of tasteless, everything that he did was very, like, for the motive of attention. But when I read the Paper Magazine article, it was like a mix of attention, but attention under the guise of, oh, I want to bring positivity to the LGBT community. I want pe- men to feel like they can be naked in a photo shoot just like Kim Kardashian, just like Rihanna, just like Amber Rose, and have it be okay and not be something shamed about. So, I mean, I kind of respect it, but at the same time, I'm just like, I wish it was somebody different who didn't have this reputation of just being an attention whore. Who didn't have that reputation, but also wasn't necessarily like a gym rat. I mean, the body looks amazing. Oh, my God. Look at his dick in the front. That's yeah, funny. It's very interesting. <laughs> I wish his ass was fatter, which is also why I want to get While he's on the motorcycle. I really kind of like his versatility. He's, his yeah, he's, he's like, very cute. I do, I do appreciate that. But, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess we see this a lot, though. Do we? We see it on Instagram a lot. We so, for see... him to say that black men aren't comfortable with being naked on like the medias i'm just like do you not have an instagram because i follow at least 50 men who are always naked we we see a lot of men naked um, not just black men on the gram that stay in the gym all day every day and that's Mm -hmm. cool but i wonder what about because not everybody gay looks like that yeah and this looks like a party flyer so every party that you go to that's gay related they have someone on who the cover like who that. looks like mm-hmm. that. Tatted, and I think chiseled, that all of it. That's unrealistic to what the gay community actually looks like. Everyone does not look like that. Yeah. So while we're out here wanting to be body positive and encourage people to show their bodies, it's like, okay, just people who look like you? Yeah. Or are you... So are you basically saying there needs to be somebody who looks like me? And are you basically saying we need to have a photo shoot with this? Um, I'm saying... Because I'm ready. If I'm saying I'm ready you, to give it I'm to you. I'm saying me too. Because you can see, like, but your I'm, body looks I'm a very toned-up guy, similar. but I'm not nowhere near. I've never had a body like that. Like, I'm not a gym rat. I, you know, tennis keeps me looking good, keep, keeps me looking tight, keeps it right. Look at Eric always trying to advertise himself. <laughs> He's so annoying. You are kidding. Like, legs are great. Thanks, yeah, tennis. See, here we go. Um, here we go. But Keep like, saying it. I'm just saying that everyone doesn't look like that. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, listen. Go for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. He, he, he looks good. Yeah, and his I'm dick not a looks big, delicious. I'm not a big fan of his. Um, Definitely not. But, I'm not going to lie. But something like that one where he's like, no, no, no. Go. You were there. You changed it. That one. Where he's. Oh, you this is because Eric is a He's just on top. a motorcycle. I'm done with you. I'm just going to move on. But Goodbye. And cake. Be- Eric, ass. you have something to contribute to the hung pop, and I'm just going to <laughs> allow you to do so. <laughs> well, I um, are you keeping up with Queen Sugar? I would like to, but I'm also in school, so I wasn't able to watch. It was a two part opener. It was a two part, a two episode type of deal. I saw people tweeting on two different nights. Okay, so I'll just say this: <laughs> on the last episode of Queen Sugar which was great, and it left 
it left us um, asking ourselves some questions, especially at the end when we saw Charlie do what she did, right? Um, Queen Sugar starts off with Nova back in her white man stuff. This whole episode, like she was dealing with this white guy, all you do is sleep, see them like waking up the morning after and she's telling this white guy like, okay, you need to go. So she's using this white guy for sex. We know that she has a thing for white guys um, and that's pretty much where we're at um, you know, with this episode. Um, it starts off with, it also starts off with Charlie like kind of trying to settle this loan mm -hmm. that she's trying to get um, so that way she can start really investing into the farm because that's really where all of this is centered around. The father dies, leaves the farm. All I know <laughs> <laughs> Eric is that stick that to the farm. Better not spill. Um, <laughs> a biscuit and wine? I'm done with you. You know, Eric, you don't have to put my business out here. <laughs> Eric is trying to put me on blast because I'm eating a Popeye's biscuit and um, Cabernet Sauvignon. But, you know, I'm hungry. Okay? I feel you. I feel you. And eat, eat, eat. <laughs> um, as I try to get this story piece together. So, anyway, Charlie's, like, thrown off in this meeting because the, the men are like, listen, we're going to sign on. The sponsors, we're going to sign on. We'll get you this money so you can start doing what you need to do on the, farm, on the farm. But in order for us to do that, your husband, who she's trying to divorce, who cheated on her, he's a basketball player, Davis would have to sign, so that kind of throws her off. Remy is in the room with her. He's no, pissed Mom. off because he has feelings for Charlie. Charlie has feelings for Remy. But she's like, yeah, Remy I'm going to have my husband sign off on this, and we're going to keep this thing moving. Remy, Remy is, is so like, fine in these high-waisted jeans. I didn't know a nigga could look so good in high-waisted jeans. High-waisted jeans he looks and great. a tucked-in flannel shirt. Or what, what does he wear? He wears, like, those... Um, He's wearing a blessing. Yeah, he and those are me. Wrangler jeans, for mm -hmm. sure. If, if I I'm so mad at you. Get out, of, get out of this. <laughs> get out of this um, right now. <laughs> so... Ralph Angel, we also see his fine ass mm -hmm. still connecting um, with his ex, the mother of his child. Um, he, you can see him kind of falling kind of quickly for her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, last season, especially in the beginning, we saw how much resistance he had built up. You could tell that he was hurt. Um, the mother of his child became an addict, and he didn't quite understand that journey. Um, and now they are reconnecting um, kind of picking up where they left off um, last season. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of, you know, Micah has a, has a lot to do in this episode. Um, as you know, the people who've seen it, you, you already know what happens. Um, and I'll mention that in a second. But I just wanted to shout out Micah for telling his mom that he loved her back while he was on a date with his friend because mom was like, bitch, I'm coming on this date. Which friend? The white Which friend or the black friend? No, he has like the black little girlfriend. Oh, good. That's a good. That he met down, um, you know, where they're staying at now. Um, they went on a date. Mom's like, I'm going to be there with y'all. And I just loved how he showed affection. His mom showed affection to him. He showed affection back while they were on a date. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, fast forward, you see Nova hanging out with some friends. Um, she's actually at a baby shower of a friend who I believe is having twins, and she is single. So they kind of get into this conversation about support. And, like, listen, I'm a single mom, but I'm out here, and I'm going to do this thing. Then Nova tries to, you know, flip the script on him and starts to talk to them about thinking about dating outside of their race. Girl. We know that she loves to do that. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not going to say I've never dealt with 
um, people outside of my race because I can say a lot of, okay, not a lot, two, mm-hmm. two of the guys I've dealt with, um, out of all of the guys I've dealt with have been mm-hmm. white. Uh, but girl, why are you protest? Get your life. You're doing too much. And you don't try, okay. You're doing too much. But I'm totally with it. Like, I, I need don't to think see there's it. anything wrong with dating outside the At race. At all. Um, I need to see the episode, though, to have, like, an actual opinion. You really do. This is a great episode. So, just to I'm keep it moving it quickly, um, Violet is missing her boo, Wood, who we know Hollywood! Left. Hollywood left the end of season one when he saw her grinding all up on that man, mm-hmm. and he was pissed off. So, they've been kind of giving because each other the silent Because he was with Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Okay. Right, because, Let's not forget. Right. How soon we forget he wasn't honest. Married, too. He was married to someone who, you know, like you like to say, it was on the spectrum. Which one? His wife. Oh, no. She, she was, showed she up. Was like, on the, she was bipolar. She wasn't on the autistic spectrum. She was bipolar then. Oof, I don't know what to say to you as a professional. Okay, okay <laughs> for someone who, are you watching the show or not? Because it sounds like you're keeping up. Child, first of um, all, I kept up with last season. <laughs> pero, like, I... <laughs> And trying to get into this one. I need time. But let me ask you this real quick. Don't you feel like this is the detriment to most relationships? What? When we see Violet and Hollywood doing to each other. They not both talking. miss each other. They are both, what, they're, they're going to their phone. They're picking it up. They're starting to text and then they erase it and put the phone back down. They want to talk to each other, but they're just not Bruh, doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Listen, if I'm not going to talk to you, I'm not going to talk to you for like three days max. Maybe five. Okay, maybe a week because I'm petty. But... I think after a while we have to have a conversation, especially if I really fucks with you and I actually love you. I'm not gonna sit here and let you marinate for too long. I'm gonna be like, "Are you ready That's to talk?" Thing like I literally will cozy up to you and be like, "So, are you ready to have a conversation?" No matter how it goes. Yeah. So what they're doing, of course, is not healthy. So baby mom, um, <clears throat> toward the end of the show, she goes to not an AA meeting, but a drug rehab meeting. Yeah. And, you know, she's about two years. Um, so bad. That she's been, right, sober. And she's really talking with them about her life, where she is right now. Um, she feels that Ralph Angel's family still sees her as an addict. And she opened up and she shared that. And I thought that that, that scene um, really stood out to me and really spoke to me. Because I do feel that, you know, in society, we like to point other people's flaws and faults out and we love to make them wear a scarlet letter when none of us are perfect okay any of us can you know easily have a moment of misjudgment Mm -hmm. um, but we are very quick to make other people wear the scarlet letter and it was just you know kind of you know it was sad to see her kind of open up this way because ralph angel's family has been really tough on her i mean fuck i mean ralph angel has been tough on her and understandably so she was an addict but she's really trying to clean her life up, and she doesn't want people to still see her that way. Um, finishing the episode off, really crazy scene. Micah gets pulled over by a cop. The cop immediately is very aggressive with Micah. Um, he's screaming at Micah. He's yelling at him. Ends up pulling a gun out on Micah. Tells, tells him to get out of the car. And let me just say how like that moment where he pulls that gun out and he's pointing it at Micah. It was just one of those moments where, like, my heart kind of dropped. Yeah. Because this is literally happening out here on the streets. And a lot of times it ends up fatal, right? And we, and we hear about it on the news. Um, fast forward, his mom and dad, you know, they, they come and get him out. Uh, they go through that. 
So what happens at the very end of this episode? Child, you gonna give it to her episode? Say I might as well not watch it. Well, at the end of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie forges the signature of her husband's name. And that's literally how the episode ends. So we'll see next week what becomes of that. Yeah. Ain't and, no shame, um, lady. Do your thing. Just I, make sure you're ahead of the game. Missy said it. Right. Uh, I saw Queen Sugar tweeting out a lot last night. They were asking people. Um, they put a few polls out. They were asking people if they felt that she was right or if she was wrong for that, especially given what her husband has or her soon-to-be ex-husband has put her through. So a lot of people had a, a lot to say about that. It seemed to be just about 50-50 where people either felt that she was due that, <laughs> at the very least, she was due that, and then there were other people that were like, nah, that shit was wrong, and it's going to come back to bite her in the ass. I wouldn't necessarily say she's due it, but I think, hey, girl, go for it. You don't fuck with him, but you need his signature. In the words of Nina Simone, do what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> come on back and see me when you can. I love Nina. Love her. Remember, so, you are young, gifted, and black people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Love that song. Mm. So, hung up or hanging They're up? shooting us down one by one. <laughs> Remember that. Oh, my gosh. That came from Nina's mouth. This cannot stay up. What? That's what he said. You gotta, anyway. You might got to hold it closer to your mouth. Like that. <laughs> Wait. Apollo, get away from me with this. Why okay. are you pulling me Don't into your this. shenanigans? Are you mad? Are you mad, Eric? Are you mad? Anyway, <laughs> hung up or hanging up? Um, so I just want to say I am hung up not only on my father. This was a father's episode. Um, but all of my father figures out there. We mentioned Uncle Daryl. We mentioned James. Love you, love you, love you. Um, they teach us less. They, oh, my gosh. They teach us lessons. And um, although all of our relationships may not be perfect, um, they're definitely here to help us grow. So... Love him. Also, I'm hung up on my heavenly father, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he works all things out. Let me tell you how last week I didn't put this in my check-in, but I lost my wallet, but I told my daddy that it was stolen. Um, well, yeah. I think it was. It could have been stolen. It was stolen once you lost it. Bitch, I went to a cookout. Somebody, somebody stole it. Somebody stole that Okay. Shit. <laughs> and it has $60 in it. It was stolen. They took that $60 out and threw the rest of the Listen, shit I was all the way distraught because that $60 <laughs> was supposed to go in one of my savings accounts and I was pissed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, all of this thing, all of these things are material. Twofold. It's going to come not twofold, tenfold, child. I'm looking for a 6000 Wait, 60 times 10. A 600 See, I went with two to make it simple, but this nigga want to go, okay. Go. All right. <laughs> I was trying to keep it No, simple. no, listen. <laughs> I definitely um, know it's going to come back to me, whatever. Yeah. But everything is material. It was, I think as I get older, I'm worrying less about these things. Like, I, if I was younger, I would have freaked out about losing my wallet. I was mm. just like, whatever. It's an inconvenience. Um, my cards have now come back. Well, at least my ID came back. I know a couple of my um, debit cards have come back. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm over it. Yeah, so I'm hung up on my Heavenly Father for working out. Jesus can work <laughs> it out if you let him. So, Did you let him? You didn't let him. I, you ain't ready. <laughs> you always in church mode. Listen, I'm, I'm, I always have to have a heart of worship. Okay? <laughs> um... I'm also hung up on Dad. Shout out to Dad for this being the Daddy episode. Yes, Daddy. Um, I'm real quick. I'm just I'm hanging up on the Minnesota Police Department and any other police department or officer that think it's okay 
to pull someone over, scream and curse at them, and yank them out of the car using brutal physical force, punching them in their throat and in their head, and yanking and, 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 and throwing them on the ground, bones snapping, as our boy Mercy. Kendrick Lamar said in his song. Um, this shit is just not cool. Um, I feel like this is going to be probably something I say every week, because it seems like every week there is something crazy going on where cops are just totally just out of line, wrong, um, doing the most. If y'all not shooting us, taking our lives, y'all are throwing us all around the fucking street, cursing at us, yelling at us, um, you know, and I just, I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know as, you know, this has been a conversation that we tend to have every week. We, we, we continue to see um, police brutality um, not be, um, you know, addressed in the right way in the court system and the justice mm -hmm. systems. I really don't know where this conversation is going to lead us in the, in the next few years. Um, I really don't know what to do. Um, like I said, me and, me and Simone said it best. They are killing us and shooting us down in the street one by one. So I don't know. I think it's just time for us to, uh, we have to come together first as a black community, so the people who are out here who, you know, want, um, you know, to be acknowledged, want our black voices to be acknowledged, make sure you're there for your gay, your trans brothers and sisters as well. Make sure you're there for everyone and not just the people that you feel look like you, think like you, because remember, Hitler had that type of mentality. Mercy. So I think as a community, we really do need to start coming together and supporting each other. Black men, black women, um, black children, um, from all walks of life, all all um, religions. I think we just really, we need to have each other's back. This is the time where we, we need to the most. I think we can see, and it's been proven to us that nobody else does. Mm -hmm. So, and also I'm hanging up on anyone who has not cut their AC on yet. Um, it's June 22nd. Um, don't invite me over your house if you don't have your AC on. Point blank That's right. Okay, because it'd be hot. All right, thank you guys so much. This is another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HungUpPod. Feel free to email us your likes, your questions, your comments, your hate, even though we will never feature you at HungUpPod at gmail.com. You can find me, P. Ryan, at I am P. Ryan. That's I-M-P-R-Y-A-N on Twitter and Instagram. And the lovely Eric. You can find me on E. You can find me at E Dante Cole on Instagram and on Twitter. Yes. And also, guys, don't forget to check out my Spotify playlist, I Dante. That's spelled I D A N T E. Um, and you can find the link on my Instagram page. Yes. Check it out, so guys. Lots of cute music. We love it. Thank you guys for listening to us. Love you. Bye.